Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, this episode's got Tara J. Frank. Now, Tara is an equity specialist. She's the author of The Waymakers that's coming out this May, and she works with executives to create more equitable and inclusive cultures. And, you know, a lot of us just don't know how to do that. So during this episode, we dig into some of the common things about equity and inclusion, diversity, DEI, all of those things, and the power that they have. And Tara really breaks down. I, I love her approach to it. It's very simple. There's a lot of great framework that you're going to learn from this episode. It's going to be a catalyst. Now, if you're an organization who is needing to make this your reality in 2022, if you don't have an equity and inclusion plan in your organization, if you have a new DEI professional on staff and you're, you're developing these things, getting the book about Waymakers is really going to help because As Tara shares, it's inspiration, there's information in there, but it's also equipped with practical guidance of of how to implement. And so I know that you're going to find a lot of value in this particular episode. We talk a little bit about diversity goals and, you know, if some of you don't know what those are, there, we're going to dig into that. So it's, it's a lot about the representation, how to bring everybody together and truly how to have the conversation of diversity and, you know, the four key questions to ask, which I think are absolutely brilliant. So enjoy the episode, give your feedback, share this with your friends. If you're in that corporate structure or an organization who is needing to expand this as part of the way that you serve your community or your people, please. It's an important part of who we are today and why there is so much value behind it. So enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you again next week. Okay. So Tara J. Frank, oh my God, like equity strategist, the author of The Waymakers, which is set to launch in May, 2022. You are success 125 most influential leaders of 2022. Boy, Tara, if I don't know what type of introduction that is, I mean, you're a phenomenal human. So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, here's the thing. You're a very busy executive and and you work with executives to create more equitable and inclusive cultures. But, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do that. And I think that's a poignant start to setting the tone for today's episode. And then we'll get more into the book. So like share with us, give us your insight with creating a more equitable and inclusive culture today in our workplace. Yeah, a a huge question, right? Right. (laughs) One I think that uh, more and more executives are asking every day. You know, you mentioned that I work uh, mostly with executives and, and here's what I learned. In my work with CEOs and their executive teams, 
over the last few years, I started to notice that most of them had three things in common. So the first is they really wanted to do the right thing, right? When it came to creating a, a more equitable and inclusive workplace. But the second thing they had in common is they didn't know exactly what the right thing was. <laughs> and the third thing they had in common is they all felt just a little bit unsure about stepping into the work. They didn't want to make mistakes, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, bring reputational risk upon themselves. And so I wrote The Waymakers, honestly, as an answer to that particular problem that I was seeing take shape inside these executive conference rooms. Uh, and, and so part of it, part of waymaking, right, which is, which is really what the book is about, is recognizing that not everyone inside our workplace has the same kind of access or the same insight or the same opportunity realizing that some of us have been standing on pedestals and some of us have been standing in holes and kind of wanting to be part of the solution. I think that's the first step of, about waymaking is really having a heart to be part of the solution and then learning what it takes to actually get there, which I think about as kind of having three parts, right? Like the first is just a realistic assessment of who you are and what your current workplace culture is. The second is taking responsibility for changing it. And the third is building relationships across differences so that more people can have access and more people can have insight and ultimately opportunity. Well, and like you said, I mean, having the conversation or even, you know, it's a sensitive issue, right? And I think so many people in the world today want to come together. And, and I think it's poignant. They just don't know how, like you stated. And, you know, how do you do the right thing? So help us, Tara, how do you, from your vantage point, like what is a, an approach that you find to be highly effective so we can close this gap? Yeah, I'll start by saying, you know, that realism step is really critical. So many companies, especially high-level leaders, they want to jump to solutions, right? High-level leaders have a bias for action. They're like, okay, something's not exactly right. Tell me what to go do about it. And what I always say to them is, well, that depends. It depends on what's currently working for you today inside your culture and for all of your talent segments and what's really not working. So practically, the first thing to do is assess your climate, right, is really understand what your employees are experiencing day to day, the good experiences they're having, the not so good experiences they're having. People certainly do that with survey instruments, but you can also do that with conversations right? Bringing together people in small circles to discuss the culture, the highs and the lows, or just one-on-one talking to folks about what's working really well for you here. What's frustrating you? What do you wish were true? What's concerning you? So getting more curious, right, about the current state is really important because if you don't know that, you could move forward and try to solve problems you do not have. And I can't tell you how many times I've actually seen that play out. The second piece of it is to kind of sit back and recognize that true change does not happen based on our good intentions, right? I, I tell a story in the book about how I shared with the leader that, you know, there were some problems brewing and that they might want to establish some goals for diversity, let's say, for instance. Uh, and they said, well, I don't think we have to do that because the leaders here are good people and they want to do the right thing. And there are a whole lot of assumptions baked into that, right? It, it, it assumes that a good person is also a good leader. It assumes that people know what the right thing is. 
so taking responsibility for changing means being really clear about what great looks like for you and then figuring out how you're going to measure and monitor that. Um, and, and the third is to ensure that people are building bridges across difference. They, I saw a few years ago, you may have seen it as well, um, the Coke Wool, formerly known as the Center for Talent Innovation, did some research where they found that in America, white people had 91 times as many white friends as they do black friends. I don't know about you, but I don't even have 91 friends. So that tells you a little bit, right, about that law of averages. Right. And if that's happening in life, that's happening at work too. And the downside of being insular, of only being in true relationship with people who are like you, is that the advantage flows from the people who have the power to those who have proximity to them, right? And it never really trickles out, as we like to say, to people who are different, to people who have different affinities, who came from a different part of the country, who are a different race, a different gender, et cetera. So building these bridges across difference is a really critical part of this this opportunity um, and also the great accelerator, honestly. Right. Okay. So here's a sticking point, though, that one of the things you mentioned, you know, is is have the conversation, right? Get curious. But don't you find that it's difficult to enter in to even have the conversation? Because I think there's a level of scarcity. And like you said, I mean, saying the right thing, doing the right thing. But what's your recommendation? I mean, Tara, like you're an expert in this space. And, and those that are listening right now really want to learn, like, how can I make this the reality? It exists. We want it to be there, but like, how do you even have the conversation in, in its sensitive form that it doesn't stray? And I think that's why it doesn't happen because they're afraid of it getting sticky somewhere, right? Or something's going to go yeah. in a direction that just is uncomfortable. So how do we, in your best possible way, how can we do that? I think the first thing that would help anyone listening to do that is to recognize that we have to shift our frame. If we're thinking we're going into a conversation with someone to talk about racism or to talk about how hard their life is or to talk about all the things that are wrong, then we are going to feel stressed out. We are going to feel, you know, afraid and insecure. If we, however, say, I as a leader have a responsibility to create a climate, to create an environment where every single person in my charge feels they can contribute at their highest potential. That is a very different frame. And if that is your frame, that means what you must do is have a conversation with every single person in your charge, not just the black and brown people, not just the women, but every single person and ask every single person about four dimensions. One, what do you, what really delights you about working here, right? What's really working well? Two, what's really frustrating? Three, what are you concerned about? What do you worry about, right? When you think about your career, or your future, or work, you know, getting work done every day. And then lastly, what do you wish were true? These four frames really help us get at new ideas. They help us get at risk. They help us get at, right, kind of the things that are just bogging people down day to day. And if we can have those multidimensional conversations with every single person in our charge equitably, we will learn what's really impacting people on dimensions of difference. And those deeper pain points will give us the fodder we need to be better leaders for everybody. So some of this is framing. 
right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm going back to. So frame the conversation. And I think that's like step one. And I think it's brilliant the way that you offer that framing. And I also love the simplicity, Tara, of how you're like, what delights you? What frustrates you? What concerns you? And then what do you wish were true? Now, those are simple things, right? But I think Mm -hmm. ignorance keeps us from asking some of the simple things in life that could actually move the needle. And I think, you know, once people go through the process and want to implement and have a really good, you know, inclusion and diversity in their organizations, I think they're going to find it's way more simpler than they're making it out to be. What do you hear when I say that? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. I tell people all the time, this work is not easy. But it is simple. Because at the end of the day, this is about our shared humanity. This is about acknowledging that not every human being, both inside and outside of work, has benefited, right, from whatever the the situation might be, has benefited equally. Not everyone has been equitably advantaged in all these situations. We first have to acknowledge that. But the next step is to truly understand on a human level what people are experiencing and what they need. Because the smarter you can get about that reality, the better your information will be, right? As you think about what to go do next. That's why I always discourage people from jumping to solutions. I'm like, do you understand the problem? And if you're not talking to people on a human level, right? Person to person, you do not understand the problem. I, I guarantee you. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, a lot of companies do these, you know, sentiment surveys, engagement surveys, et cetera. We actually designed an experience survey because what people were missing is that if somebody, let's say, leaves your company, they exit. Okay, that's the outcome. They left, right? We know that they left maybe because they weren't engaged. Maybe your survey tells you they weren't engaged. You may know their sentiment because the survey might point to that for you. Maybe they didn't feel good about their growth opportunity, but you don't know why. You don't know the experience they had or were having ongoing that made them feel bad, right? Or discouraged about their growth potential. So these conversations are one of the ways that we uncover the experiences that people are actually having that ultimately impact their relationship with you as a leader and and a company. Okay, so one of the other points that you had mentioned, you know, what are diversity goals? As simple as that is, I mean, we speak diversity goals, but Tar, what is that? Like, what are those diversity goals that you would recommend get put into place or that we have a conversation around? Yeah, diversity is really mostly about representation, right? Like, who is represented in which rooms, at what level, you know, in all the places that people should be represented. And so it often does include, you know, targets or goals to say, well, and companies do this very differently depending on the nature of their business. So for instance, a consumer product goods company may say, hey, 50% of our consumer base you know, are people of color or 80% of our consumer base are women or you know, 60% of our growth, right, is coming from Black people, for instance. Well, those might be interesting marketplace measures that could inspire you to come up with your representation goals. If you believe that the people inside should reflect 
the people who are engaging with your brand and your company in order for you to be relevant into the future, you may set representation goals inspired by that. Other people do it and set representation goals based on census data. Other people do it just saying, well, gosh, right now our percentages are abysmal. So if we just triple them, right, or double them over the next three years, we will have made some progress and progress is the name of the game. So representation goals are important, but I will say that we shouldn't just set representation goals at the company level because a lot of companies may have decent representation of black and brown people, for instance, and of women, but they may all be at the deepest levels of the organization. They may all be at entry level or they may all be, you know, hourly, right? They may not necessarily be in the rooms where decisions are being made. So representation at all levels of the organization and across all divisions is really what companies want to aspire to so that everybody can see themselves right in the work. They can see themselves in the company. They can see themselves in the leadership ranks. And that helps them believe that more is possible for them. It also makes them more likely to refer your company to their friends and family, which would help with talent attraction. Mm, Yeah, full circle, right? I mean, that's absolute full circle. Okay, so we're kind of coming into the close. And you know, you wrote the book, um, Waymakers. Give us like, you, you shared that kind of the reason why, what can we get from it? Like, what are you most excited about though, when this um, hits the shelves and gets in people's hands and like share with us that feeling that you want us to have when we obtain your book? I love this question, first of all, and thank you so much for asking it in the way you did, because I just wrote on something recently that I'm excited for people to read it, but I'm more excited for people to use it. So The Waymakers is, you know, part inspiration, part uh, information, and part equipping. So it's, it's big picture. It helps reframe the problems in new ways, but it also gives you very practical guidance on how to create and sustain a more equitable and inclusive workplace. So it's a guidebook, right? It's something that you should have in your pocket. It's something that's going to make you smarter about the challenges facing us today and a lot more courageous about the fact that you can do something about it. I want people to feel that being a waymaker is not only something they want to do, but that they can do. I want waymaking to feel urgently possible for people, as one of the folks who wrote a testimonial said about it. Wow. I don't I can't think of any better reason than that. And I'm thinking, you know, corporations as a whole should be purchasing one for all of their departments, having, you know, forms and and retreats on this and, you know, and and being inspired by it. And then, like you said, equipped with practical guidance. I think right there's the biggest asset because we can have the conversation, right? We can talk, talk, talk. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for a long time, but yeah. when there's no action around it and that's the missing link, yes you know, strategies and systems, that's kind of the transactional piece. But you know what? Without action, there's no implementation. Without implementation, there's no outcome. So full-bodied importance on this topic specifically. Okay, so we're coming to the close. What is the message, Tara, that you want to leave us with today as we're closing up this episode? You've given us some really good things to, to think about, some knowledge that maybe we didn't have before. What are your kind of your final notes when people are listening to us today? Oh my gosh, here's what I would say. People ask me all the time, Tara, why are we stuck? Why aren't we making more progress? And what I say to them is there are too many of us observing. There are too many of us sitting on the fence. 
watching, waiting, wondering if and what we can, should do. And what I would like to say is the bulk of us are sitting on the fence. If more of us got off the fence and into the equity arena, played our part, right? We would actually see the tipping point here, but not until then. So to every single person listening, you have a role to play here. My highest hope is that you will read The Waymakers so that you can learn exactly how to play it in a way that is authentic to you uh, and become part of the solution. Oh my gosh, Tarth, this has just been an absolute delight having this conversation with you. Um, we know now why you are one of the 125 most influential leaders um, of the year. It's just a phenomenal thing in what you're doing and how you're doing it. Your approach is um, just simply delightful. So Tara, thank you so much for this. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.